All right, Paul. Hey, How's it going? Good. Good. So big, big show today, I guess. Um, this is the 100 podcast episodes, not the 100th video. Um, and so pretty special. I think a lot, not a lot of people kind of abandoned before that. Uh, we've tried a lot of different things, a lot of different formats, audio only, video, live video, uh, daily show. Remember when COVID first hit, we did a daily show for a little while. Um, <laughs> I like the daily show. I got to see you every day, fam. Yeah, that's so kind of you. Yeah, it was fun. It's just uh, hard to maintain. Um, so it's been fun. And so I thought it would be interesting for for today would be to see how, if at all, your perspective on sales and marketing has changed. What are you kind of seeing for the future? Uh, obviously, I'll chime in as well. Um, but let's let's get that started with you. How do you uh, how do you see sales and marketing hundred shows in? And what are you seeing for the future? I think I understand marketing a lot better. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. Um, has has uh, has sales changed? I'm not sure it's really changed. I don't think. I think people are maybe waking up to things that you and I you and I have known for a while. And I'm not saying that we were better than anybody else, but um, you know the whole empathy. Uh, approach the whole mindfulness. I think um, more and more companies have had um, that reality come to them during COVID. And also in the last year with the huge demand for salespeople and, and sales professionals, I think people are realizing, well, if we treat our, treat our people well, we'll keep them. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a little bit more about the people than it is just about the job. So I, I would say that's changed. But for me personally, what's changed the most is I understand marketing a lot better. Thanks to you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know sales a lot more now than, you know, that we get to talk about it weekly. Give me a chance to ask you the question. How about uh, you, Fat? <laughs> I had to ask my own question to start from <laughs> the beginning. You can ask me um, So, Fab, uh, what do you think of this? Yeah. So, I think, uh, yeah, like you, I mean, I understand sales a lot more. Um, something that we maybe didn't talk as much on the show, but about more on the show, like maybe not directly, I would say, um, how, what I'm really happy to see more and more in the industry is that marketers are kind of opening up to that, to the fact that they contribute to revenue or they need to contribute to the revenue. And instead of like, uh, focusing on these, not always useful metrics like qualified leads and all that stuff, which I know we talked about like uh, at the beginning of the show, but and focusing more on how they're generating pipeline and they're helping sales build their pipeline is is really interesting because I think at the end of the day that was always a point of contention between sales and marketing, which is like marketing was like here are a million leads and sales are like these are a million shitty leads, <laughs> um, and now it's more about like let's let's all talk the same thing, which is revenue. Or, or profit, depending on where, where the company is at in terms of maturity uh, or the business model. But um, I, I think as I, I see a nice trend going in there and I see also a nice trend of like customer service, understanding that they're actually part of the revenue team as well, uh, especially in a business that does like kind of a lot of recurring revenue and all that stuff or usage based revenue, right? Um, like if you're a media company, you know, the, the customer service and the repeat business is almost more important than the sale because 
the more repeat business you get, the less actual involvement there is, so the higher your profit gets. So yeah. uh, I'm starting to see a lot of more acceptance of that, uh, which is really exciting. Yeah, and I wonder if it's a, I wonder if it's a, a reaction to a positive economy, right? Um, hmm. In a positive economy, people are less freaked out or worried about the actual front end sale because they're coming in, but then they realize they have to deliver. So operations becomes important. Customer service becomes important. I've had a few clients who said to me, listen, uh, my problem is not selling. My, my problem is delivering. Mm. And, and, and there's servicing in there and there's efficiency and, and the whole machine needs to work better. Whereas when you're in a, when you're in a crunch where you're having a hard time selling, then you're just focusing on one thing. You know, you're like, you're trying to survive. So you're just selling something. You're, you're maybe not noticing the other factors as much and um so so I, I one thing that i've learned a lot during the one thing that i've come across a lot and i've learned during the pandemic is that there's definitely been a shift there's a very positive economy for many people right now and and, and things are doing well interest rates are probably going to go up um it's funny because it's it's not funny but it's a little strange and eerie that we're maybe going through um, the same post-pandemic 20s that we went through 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 100 like, shows, 100 years, all good. Well, <laughs> well I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> 100, uh, 100 episodes. But, you know, back then they, they had a really bad pandemic. Then they told me that they were the roaring 20s, right? You know, there mm -hmm. were a lot of things that are different, but uh, there was definitely a very strong economy throughout the 20s, and, and it, was, it was a post-pandemic um, boom. Right. So, uh, I know we're still not totally out of the pandemic, but that to me is probably what's changed. Um, the pair, there's been a paradigm shift, but all this being said, I think sales stays sales. I think marketing stays sales, stays marketing or stays sales. Um, and, um, people are just many more people are more aware as you just said of the different factors like you said customer service marketing sales work together um yeah if you separate separate them you're not going to do very well i totally went off on a rant there it's not <laughs> that's fine that's good but that's it i think it's like it's it's nice to see that um it's nice to see that yes obviously everybody's different you know a salesperson is different than a marketer than it's different than a customer you know in their day-to-day -day and who they are and how they operate um, but I think the fact that we're all aligning, uh, increasingly aligning under one metric as a, well, what, obviously there's a few, but kind of one guiding light, which is like revenues or profit as opposed to qualified leads and closed deals and like happy customers. And it's all kind of disjointed, um, is, is definitely encouraging. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, uh, did we want to talk about something else or are we just going to talk about this? We're just going to riff. <laughs> yeah because one thing that i did notice like if i if i put my marketing hat back on less like high level view is is about content marketing and i know we did a lot of a few shows like early on on content marketing um and i'm realizing at which point that the role of a content marketer is like the creation of the content is actually a very tiny portion of your role and and your role is really a bore about promoting that content which is something that we've you know Although, honestly, this, you know, struggled to do, right? It's easy. We, we enjoy chatting with each other. We see each other weekly, um, but then promoting it and going out and posting stuff on LinkedIn and, and all that stuff has been something that we haven't done consistently. I'm and 
I'm terrible at it. I think you're better than I am. I'm, I'm terrible at it. I mean, I'm I mean, better at it when when I have the time. But obviously, we're both solo solopreneurs, and you know, that's that's the that's the thing about being a solopreneur, right? You you have more time on your hands. You know, you're willing to do that stuff when you have less time. Obviously, your clients take priority. Um, but but that's something that I really understand that I didn't understand. I understood the concept of it, but the the practical of it that yeah, I like. If, and that's a lot of companies uh, get into that role, right? They're like, oh, we're going to produce content. We're going to do a, we're going to have a podcast and we're going to have a blog and we're going to create all this content. But they spend like zero time thinking about how they're going to promote that content. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, if you're the first mover advantage, right? If you're the first, you know, plumbing company on TikTok, you probably get a lot of coverage very easily without doing much. But as, as more and more people come in, as better people come in, then um you know you definitely need that 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 promotion plan for for your marketing to be able to drive and the way i'm tying it to revenue is because like the more you get that that um buzz and the more you create that awareness and the more you can you know if you're more sophisticated like more than just a solopreneur like us but uh you can tie in tie in it leads and all that stuff and then get that more requests for sales so what's going on there why is it so hard for is it a human nature thing why is it like Everyone on earth seems to be the same, right? Some people are a little bit more organized and people helping them out. But I know, like, it's something I've heard so often. Um, oh, you know, I'm having a hard time. I want to do more content. Like, I've heard that so many times. Are we lazy? What, what is it? Like, what, what do you, th- I want your opinion here. I, 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 <laughs> what do you think's going on? Because you, you've had a lot of clients tell you this. You want it. We're running through it ourselves. You know, what's going on? Is it a psychological thing that humans have? Is it because we rather do anything else but from our content? I don't know. Um, I know. I think it's obviously there's a lot of different reasons. I think some of the reasons I see and I haven't thought it through. So maybe there's more than just that. But um, I think people that are having a hard time producing content, I think fundamentally is they don't believe that there's value in it, right? Like they are, there may be very you know, for whatever the reasons, usually it's because we're very sales driven and sales is easy to understand, right? I get a, I get a lead in, I create my deal in HubSpot or my CRM and I close, I follow my sales process and I close them. Right. And it's very like black and white, right? Like reps are measured on very black and white metrics. Like, you know, like, are you creating your deals and are you winning your, are you moving them properly? Are you winning them? Like it's very, and I think a lot of people understand them and you can add some complexity. Yeah, let's there. move away from the individual for a second. Cause I think companies are even having a hard time. So even that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the company is like, I think, and I said the individual because ultimately it's up to the, the decision of the CEO or the revenue yeah. leader or whatever, or, or even the marketing team, right? They have a hard time. They're stuck building event, doing events or doing trade shows. But, um, so I think that's one big bucket is just, they don't see the value and it does take a little, Yes. You have a question or are you agreeing with I want to, I want to interrupt you because there's something I have to say and I, and I agree with what you're saying. Okay. There's a lot of like the organizational thing and, and it's, it's on the back burner because it doesn't directly affect sales. Right. And, but let's be honest here. And, and, and I'll say even about my content, sometimes I resist posting things because I'm, I'm saying, well, it's interesting to me, but it's like, why would I put it out there? It's not worth it for anybody else. And I find and I'm not judging anyone specifically, but I find a lot of content that's out there is like, oh, this is garbage. Like, yeah. it doesn't bring anything. It's just people yap, yapping out their mouths, and it's like some hidden sales pitch, right? <laughs> yeah. 
coming from me. Okay, and I don't want a hidden sales pitch. I want real value when I see a post. I want something that makes me think says, yeah. Yeah, but so then, so that's the other thing. But just to close off on the value thing, you know, I have a client that I'm working on now and we're building a, you know, kind of like their, um, you know, time to close reporting. And we've kind of siloed it between like pure inbound leads and pure outbound leads and kind of yeah. hybrid leads that do kind of, they've come from sales, but they've downloaded content. Mm -hmm. And they're realizing that those hybrid leads like close like dramatically faster, uh, okay. just because they're realizing that you know as they get content that they the content that's built on value and stuff like that. Well, they tend to they either it's an indication that they're more willing to buy or it helps them buy like that. Okay, so, that's what stuff. business is your client in? Without mentioning their name, because you know maybe it's a software enterprise grade software. And, um, and and is this, are these the two ways they were trying to do it and then they realized, oh, this works better? Or is it, is this no, something we just expected or is this a reality you guys expected? It wasn't expected. We didn't know what to expect. You know, they didn't know what to expect and they invested a lot in marketing. They're investing a lot in sales. Um, and and the world, of, the view of the world is always like very like, hey, inbound leads and outbound leads and all that stuff. But uh, they're starting to see that the, the mix of both is is what's driving i mean it's still very early days and those numbers could change obviously but just to show that the value is there but it does take some sort of uh, willingness to to try it out for a you know yeah. long enough amount of time so back but your second point which is like okay but now we have content and we're hesitating to post it and this and that i think you know can come from multiple way reasons i think for somebody like you maybe it's it's more personal there's maybe more personal reasons behind it right you're there's, you don't have a marketing team or, or whatnot. Usually when you have a marketing team, it's a little easier to actually post the content. Um, I think the, the big challenge that I see is that there's not a lot of, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of it for myself personally, and even with the show sometimes, you know, we do it because we enjoy talking about it. And we've had some people write into us saying there's a lot of value and they're including in their training, sales training and all that stuff. But um is like, there's no real effort to say, to put in like kind of a, a strategy or a narrative behind our content, right? Like we, we, for example, and, and this is, I can use this as an example. Really today. <laughs> yeah, today I was like, all right, I got a meeting in 20 minutes. Let's do something quick. Oh, by the way, it's a hundredth episode. <laughs> um, but it's also like, there's no strategy, there's no narrative. So there's no way of like, how is it, what's, who am I trying to reach? Right. We've never done that. Who are we trying to reach? What's valuable to those people? What, you know, and that requires like some good amount of, strategizing and stuff like that. Isn't that what truly brings value to a podcast? Because we talk about things that truly interest us. Yeah. You know, it's so that's in the case where like that yeah. works well when you're the target, you know, right? Like we speak to other small business, you know, we both yeah. work with kind of SMBs, maybe, you know, mid-market type of thing. Um, but, you know, the, the challenge for a lot of companies, right? If you are, uh, if you manufacture ball bearings, for example, um, you know, you're probably not, the user of you know you're right you, yeah. there's a certain detachment between yeah. who you are as a company and who you sell to and what you sell and that requires a bit more thought process in terms of creating good valuable content um which again is gets like that right because when we're investing in content we want oh well, i want content now let's let's just put content and and so then the instinct becomes because a lot of enterprise businesses are sales driven oh like promote the webinar and, you know, promote our demos and, you know, highlight some employees and all that, like it's just stuff that's like, it's good. It's cool. But this, is it really going to, you know, if you kind of go in 
like one thing that I've been telling more and more of my clients that I've kind of helped support on the content strategy side is like, if, if a client were to find your content or a person were to find your content, would they say, wow, I'm really lucky to have found this content. I think if that's kind of your guiding light, and I know it seems a little, uh, wide, wide or a little like kumbaya type of thing, but, but I think that's it. If you're, if you're putting in mind that like, would somebody feel like amazed, like unlucky that they found this? Then you're on the right track. If it's just like, whatever, then yeah, no, that's really whatever. I understand what you're saying, and it's an interesting point. But I want to come back to you know I've got content, and I'm not sure I want to put it out there. I I I feel that from some people, and and I feel the opposite from other people that put out too much content, and I find it has not that much value, right? But this is me. I'm someone who needs to be entertained when I'm listening to content. Um, so there's there's a portion of entertainment and, and value. But if I'm listening to something that's very dry, it has to engage me. So the person's style and, and what there's and how they say it's very important to me. But also the content has to be obviously pertinent to what I'm. Listening. So um, so if I'm looking, you know, if, if it's a personal thing and I'm, I'm looking at, you know. Uh, podcast or a YouTube video on something about music or guitars. Well, that's personal. And then, then there's, you know, so there's two things that I'm consuming a lot. It's sales and marketing and, and, you know, music type stuff. So those are my interests. So maybe when I'm bombarded with something on LinkedIn, that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse, it's not fair to say, this is not good. It just doesn't talk to me, but that's right. okay. Right. Because when you're putting stuff out there, it, it's not like a, a hockey game in the 1950s where everyone was watching. You're, you're, a lot of people will have access to it, but only a certain percentage of it will actually say, "Oh, this is really good for me." So mm -hmm. it's it, that's it's a good point. Um, so, so I think on a on a personal level, I think you know, and I think there's some people that have this fear of criticism. I think a lot of people have, like, if you're talking about just an individual, they're afraid of like looking irrelevant or not, you know, like or or getting criticized or whatnot. And and I see that all due respect in a lot of salespeople because you're so trained in terms like my images it's not everything obviously like your your questioning and all that is is much more important but but there's this, this impression of like what people think of me is is important right because if people like get turned off by me and and that reality is less there now but but i see it a lot in it's a moment of honesty here yeah when we started this uh 100 episodes ago that was my fear. I said, well, you know, do I, do I, do I really have something that people want to listen to? And you said, you're the one who said, Paul, you've got a lot of great knowledge. Let's, let's put it out there. And, and at first I said, well, if I'm giving it away, will it hurt my con, you know, my consult, my consulting fees? Will it hurt? If I'm giving stuff away, people just go listen to the podcast and not want to hire me. And, and you were totally right in saying, no, you've got to give true value. You got to give real things. And then, It'll draw people to want to do more with you. And, and you were right. So what I would say to all those people, sales or not, who are afraid to put themselves out there and maybe what they feel, you know, they say, well, am I really an expert in this field? You know, it took me 25 years to realize, oh, I'm becoming an expert in sales because now oh, I've been doing it for 30 years. And hold on, there's not many people out there who've been doing it for 30 years. And there's not many people who taking the time to really understand it like I have. So you become an expert. And even if you're not that the biggest expert in your field, you still have something to say that's going to resonate with someone. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, look, like sales consulting is, is a very saturated market, right? You can sure like a whole bunch of Sandler trainers have a whole bunch of podcasts as well, but that doesn't mean that, and, and that's on an individual basis, but even in companies, we see that, right? Like, well, there's a lot of people that are already talking about what we do, um, but your experience is unique and that what makes you unique and your insights are unique. And, and so I think that there's something to, to, to say to that, right? And, and I remember telling a client once who, who had those same three, that's what I'm saying, companies have those same three. I'm like, frankly, if, if, some, if, you, if your service can be replaced by a blog post, I think you have a problem with your business model, not the fact that you're sharing more content. Because somebody, because if that's your problem, somebody is going to happen. Somebody's going to beat you to it and give it all for free, and then you'll be screwed, right? So. And the beauty of sales and marketing is also connecting with the individual. So you've got a million individuals out there who need what we do and you got a million people offering it, but really what it boils down to eventually is, well, are you, are you, do you have that connection with the client? Do you speak the same language? Can you make them understand what is necessary to help them move forward? And that's a of human beings, right? So you might have a, you might have a, a thousand different doctors out there. Well, you, you, sometimes you speak to a doctor who's very competent and you don't get along with them. So you change doctors. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's not good, but you have to have that connection. And I think it's the same thing at our level in marketing. There's probably a lot of people that can do what you and I do really well, but they might not be able to connect with our clients and our clients need to be able to speak our language and we need, we need to be able to communicate in the same world. It's not, it's not universal. It's not like a mechanic who can fix this car like he can fix but it even a mechanic can. right like if you, if you don't feel a certain level of trust with your mechanic like you'll probably go see elsewhere or whatnot you know so it's like i think everything at some point could be seen as a commodity i think from the 100 foot view or whatever like every sales consultant or marketing or revenue consultant that's not very high Fifty thousand feet <laughs> then everybody looks the same right but it's when you drill down and do yeah. it's who do i want to work with do i do i and and that's usually where you get a lot of values by by working with somebody who, yes, obviously knows what they're doing and you know and, and brings value to the table. Well, and, and let me ask value. you. Let me ask you a question. I know you're really busy these days and you're doing a ton of work. Like, doesn't it feel great when you're talking to a client and you ask them a question or you're talking about something? And they kind of go, and you see it and they light up and they go, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and I think for me, and I don't know about you, but that's what I look for. I look for those aha moments in my clients where I know they're getting it. And, it's a, and, and we're having, there's a communication going on that they're sharing something, you know, when it's my clients and I'm helping them with something, or just you and I too, when we have those moments and you're like, oh, that clicks. Yeah. Doesn't that feel great? I don't know. Like, and yeah. I think that's human communication, right? That's, that's the, mm -hmm. the to, to get something through to someone. Yeah. All right, okay, 23 cool. minutes. It'd be cool, if, very conceptual if we did like a 100-minute show. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's impossible. So closing thoughts on... Not impossible. You can do it. What's that the, the Joe Rogan podcast sometimes yeah. lasts two hours. Not, not, not now, though. I do have something in 11 minutes. <laughs> so... Lunch after. All right. We're meeting somebody for lunch after. Um, closing we thoughts. Do we to ourselves? Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to sing. That's for sure going to get people disconnected. Uh, but anyway, like, look, it's, it's cool. It's a big milestone. A lot of people don't do 100 shows. We have a few thousand uh, downloads throughout all our episodes. Some do well, some don't do well. Uh, some would do a lot better if we would spend more time promoting them. Um, yeah, and that's your job, buddy. So I'm giving you, uh, that's, uh, you're in trouble for that. 
<laughs> yeah, the problem is like when you take it all on, right? And um, yes, I've been telling you, we know the solution. Fab needs to hire people. He needs <laughs> to get bigger. I know. And help him with recruitment. Fab, we're going to recruit <laughs> some people for you. <laughs> and um, there you go. I think uh, I think it's a big milestone. We have some success, and I look forward to the next hundred shows. Yeah. So, that, Fab, thanks for being my partner. I look forward to the thousand next shows. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Did you have something else to say? No, I think I'm good. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I mean, honestly, it's always fun. It's always fun to get the feedback that we get. Um, and Fab's uh, going to put a link, too, for that nice shirt that he's wearing. He always wears nice shirts. So Thank you. I think it was a Frank and Oak shirt. Okay. <laughs> But uh, all right, there you go. The next hundred shows, I think sales and marketing are on a good track. I think I think we're both seeing some good trends, more empathy, uh, more understanding of, of yeah. how everything works together. Uh, and let's let's talk more about that, how everything's fitting together and all the empathy yeah. and, and all that stuff. That's that's what you're gonna get in the next hundred shows. More more revenue targets, more empathy, more more better sales, more better marketing. All right, take care. Ciao, everyone.